Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, joined as ever by Josh. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, sir. We are coming to you fresh off the draw of the sixth round of the FA Cup, which we will talk about a bit later. Um, But first, we're going to talk about the fifth round of the FA Cup that City managed to get through at the weekend. Um, I do not think... That 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 the uh, the the show at Newport will go down quite close to their best performances of the season. I think the four-one rather flattered them, um, but wins win. It was a, a game that they should have won in ten times out of ten. It looked a bit iffy for a while. Um, the the level of negativity on Twitter, the the cityitis started to kick in right before they scored their first goal, which settled some nerves. Um, a, a lot of mediocre performances to be blunt with you. A lot of guys that seemed... I don't know if it was the pitch. I don't know if it was the opposition. I don't know if it was a bit of complacency that seeped into their game. But I would say the majority of the team was just off. Things weren't working right. The passing moves weren't really there. And they didn't seemed to quite know what to do when their usual game didn't come off because perhaps it was the pitch, perhaps it was the defending, I don't know. Um, Other than Phil Foden, I would struggle to pick anyone out of a lineup on on Saturday. Um, And and there are going to be games like that, and it's good that it came against a team that they could probably play at 70% and beat like that, but I don't know. Does... Does anything about that concern you, or are we just looking at sort of a one-off? It was one of those days, and there were a lot of mitigating factors that 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 impacted the performance. Or is this every, something that has you biting your nails a bit going forward? Every bit of this concerns me. Like throughout the entire Newport game, the the running dialogue, at least on Twitter, was. And, and part of this is born out of typical city and, and Manchester City fans just poking fun at themselves. Um, but a lot of the dialogue was, well, we know a goal is coming, you know, for Newport. Like, and the, question, and the question is, is it going to be a crucial goal? Is it going to be a critical goal? Or is it going to be somewhat like it was where... It's 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 rather benign. Uh, um, fortunately for City, there was a four-one. But as you said, like the fourth goal really didn't come until the very very end. Even the third one didn't really come until it was it was, it was basically it was, two, it, it was two-one on the eighty-eighth minute. Yeah, it was two-one on the eighty-eighth minute, and then there was score by Newport, quick reply by City, and then City put it to bed. And, and and it was just you were waiting and for it was, that. It was nil nil at halftime as well. And yeah. frankly, Newport had the best chance of the first half. Yeah, they did. I didn't get to see much of the second uh, half because my I kept having internet problems, so it was like I got to see it in spurts. Um. But but when it finally kicked on, I almost felt like the soccer gods were rewarding me for putting up with the BS stream because it went from like being nil nil to being two zero to being four one. It was like, what the hell is happening in this game? Like it it's so weird to think of City 
as a team that was as dominant as they were last year and as vulnerable as they are this year. And I guess that's just the I guess that's just soccer, you know, like that that's just the year to year of it all, but it just it seems so weird to me that they are this vulnerable. They you could tell that they I think the the I don't think they were overwhelmed by the occasion. I think the first thing I would say is that they had an abnormal team out, and that team was more than good enough to win that game. Don't get me wrong. And I do think that the pitch bothered them. Um, and I will say, they put out a really strong team, considering the opposition. They put Ederson in goal. They had um, really the, the starting lineup. They put Silva out. They put Fernandinho out. They put Sané out. Um, John Stones played at center back. It was a very, very, very strong team. They did not, they did not bother to 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 save their ammo for later. They said, "Look, we're we're gonna." Doesn't surprise me. Pep's a traditionalist. I think that, I think that the the hashtag magic of the cup appeals to him in a certain way, even if, in terms of strict importance to the season, it doesn't really rank that highly. But Pep's a football romantic. I think that. I think that the competition has some appeal to him beyond its it beyond like the tangible rewards of it, um, and they looked so disjointed and it was so frustrating to watch. They really didn't kick on until the last quarter of an hour. Like goal number two didn't even come until the seventy fifth minute. It was one nil, well past the hour mark, and. I, I will fully admit that the other team, Newport, were up for it more than, in, more than frankly, a lot of teams they'll face this year. This was like this was their Champions League final. They were ne- those guys in that team are never going to play a bigger game than that one. They're never going to get the chance again, and they knew it and they played like it. Um, but I think in general they were just this team still has a propensity to fall asleep at the worst moments. And they can get caught cold by inferior teams by falling asleep at the worst moments and letting it get into their head a little bit. I think they have done so much better in terms of title defenses, because we have seen City's last two title defenses were terrible. And they've done a lot better than those two teams at avoiding complacency and avoiding the traps that come with being the hunted. Obviously, they looked like there were there there have been stretches this season where that that's been a concern. But they've shaken them off rather quickly. They've crawled back into the title race. They're still in all four competitions. They have a cup final coming up this weekend. They're in the sixth round of the FA Cup. Everything still lies in front of them. We could not say that about any of their other title defenses. So this is undoubtedly an improvement. But there is still a bit of of, of, of sleepiness that can somehow that come into their game. And it's not like they were dominant even after they scored. Like, Sané's goal, the first goal, came really off a goalkeeping mistake. The keeper, uh, a better keeper, does better with that effort and keeps it out. Um, you know, it's, you can say the difference between our first goal and them not getting the first goal was that Ederson is a world-class goalkeeper and, and, and Newport's was not. So, you know, sometimes talent is the difference even when you don't play well. Does it concern me? Sort of. Um, I don't, it's, it's just weird to watch a team dismantle a Champions League 
a top four contender, or at least what looked like a top four contender, six nil in one game, and then go and 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 battle tooth and nail against what league are Newport even in? <laughs> um, they're in League Two. Uh, and then and then they go up against the League Two team and they they scuffle for a while. So I'm a little bit in between. I think that they will shake this one off rather quickly. They have no choice, really, because Schalke are coming up midweek and then Chelsea at the weekend. Those are two very big games, and uh, they're also um, a Champions League game and a Cup final, which is what these guys are supposedly ostensibly signing up to play in. These are the big games that they signed up for. So, not to mention, I think the most informed players will be back in the team. That will help. It it, it, it concerns me on a certain level, but it also... I, I'm not losing any sleep over it. Um, if, if this becomes... Yeah, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I, I just... Mean, you, I you wish they would be more comprehensive against a team of that stature. Pretty much. You would wish that you they could be... There is no reason that City should have been less comprehensive against Newport than they were against Chelsea. Is is, is kind of the, the gist of it. Um, and, and, you know, I run down the team. Laporte made a mistake. That's uncharacteristic. Laporte's been so good for them all season. Um, you, you go across, you know, the, the back four were fine. I guess. It's just... The creative players. David Silva hasn't really had a great game in a while. I just, they've been able to mask it pretty well, but he seemed to have come down a little bit from where he was earlier in the season. Does it does it feel to you like David Silva's time is is I don't, is, is here? I don't know. No, it doesn't because we've seen what he he has been so good this season. Like it's it's. It's it's not for me. It's not like we're sitting here reliving his glories of last season. There have no, been, I know that. But when it happens, it just happens. It there's, just there's, happens. There's, there's when somebody loses it, when 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 time passes them by. I firmly believe that there is a moment. There is a moment. And, and, and it's whether you're going for like a 50-50 ball or, I, I, you know, p- pick your sport, going up for a rebound or something, and, and you just don't have the hops you once did. It's just, it's in that moment you go for something and you realize, crap, what's going on? Why didn't I get that? And and, and, and I'm not saying that, that, that this is necessarily applicable to David Silva, but but in this but in, in, in the same token, I, I feel like it is because I, I don't know. I, we're not David, obviously. We can't go through the games and say, "Oh, this is the moment. That's the moment." Yada yada yada. What I'm saying is, we wouldn't know it if it happened because it's really only evident to the person at the time. Which is it, it is happening, um, so I, I don't know. It, it it would honestly make sense to me, and I'm not saying this to slight David because I I I he will go down as one of my favorite favorite city players of all time. I'm just saying there is a moment when it happens. We won't know it when it happens, but we'll know it after. And David just won't be the same. And that's just going to be the way it is. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. He's 33 years old. It's not like... Right, exactly. We're, we're, we're at a point where, you know, you wonder how many years he has left. He has... No, I wonder how many months he has left at 33. I do. I really do. At 33, in the most physical league, in one of the most physical sports that there is, just in terms of wear and tear on the body... I don't know many 33-year-olds that, that that can keep the pace. Like, look, Vincent Company is falling apart. Vincent Company has <laughs> been falling apart since he was in his late 20s. That's true. That's true. But, 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 but what I'm getting at here is you have dudes that as they tick over past, like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel that there's going to come a moment. And, and with David Silva, the, the thing about a player like him is that we're not going to notice it outright because at first because he's not a, a Cristiano Ronaldo type where the goals are going to dry up. And that's, goal score, yeah. Right. You, you, you're not going to have something that you can point to and say, oh, the goals are drying up. David must be getting over the hill. That's not going to happen with David. He's never been a goal scorer. So you kind of have to apply that same logic to what he does do and then kind of try and determine from there whether or not he's still capable of doing it. Um, but but I think we would... There, I don't think David's over the hill right now. I'm just saying when it happens, we won't know it. But I think that the one thing that we will have is that I think Pep will be the first person to defend him. That will be the start of what is the end of David Silva. Pep's going to defend him religiously because he deserves it. And because... Well, I mean, when when the play starts to drop off, I have a feeling Pep will be the first to notice it, is I guess what I'm getting at. He has, I believe, one year left on his contract after this one. Um, I don't really think he's going to get a new one. Nope. I think the guy, even beyond whether his influence is weighing or not, which it remains too soon to tell, I think the guy will want to go home to Spain. He's got a new. He's got a young kid that obviously went through a whole lot with the birth of, um, and you know he's he's done almost everything. The only thing he hasn't done is win a Champions League. Maybe that happens this year. Maybe that happens next year. That's not really the point. But the point is, I do think that time is going to come where he wants wants to go back to Spain, and I will send him off with a standing ovation. Um, he hasn't scored since the new year. He had that stretch in November of he scored in four straight games and five of six, including a derby. And I think that was that that's that's been the peak of his season to this point. He's still getting assists. He got an assist against Newcastle. He got an assist against Everton. He got two in the nine nil against Burton, but then again it was hard not to. Um and and, and he didn't factor into the Chelsea game because he didn't start, he didn't play, he only played the last fifteen minutes. Um in, in in the games he's completed ninety minutes they've been fine. It's the the day will come, but I, I I don't I don't know that it has come yet. But I agree with you that Guardiola will know, and frankly, it won't hurt them as much right now because for one Aguero is sucking up the goals left and right. 
And two, Bernardo Silva has basically become a top-class player in his own right and will basically be able to seamlessly fit into that position without missing him. I mean, I'm not suggesting that Bernardo Silva is David Silva, but he is a good enough player that he can slip into that spot and City will not fall off a cliff or come particularly close to it. Yeah, um, Bernardo is has been something of a revelation, man. I mean, we kind of knew he was going to be good when when City uh, poached him from Monaco. Um, obviously, it's 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 weird to think of the fact that Bernardo is going to be the one out of that that whole Monaco raid that ends up being the best buy. Yeah. It, it, it's I, that's absolutely I think going to be true, but um, but I mean, this seems like as good a place as any to. I mean, if you want, if you want to, yeah, he's at the right club. Um, well, I was gonna say it seems like as good a place as any to talk about point number five. If you want to kind of, oh, no, I I want to get to point number two because it goes in with the position as well. Um, okay, because I. I would I would say that that as long as we're sitting here talking about David Silva's future and how long of it there is left, I think it's also appropriate to talk to another talk about another guy who looks like he might be his heir apparent. And I I I mentioned his name earlier um, when discussing the Newport game because frankly Phil Foden was one of was basically the guy to pick out. He scored twice. He scored both goals really excellently. He was active. He was energetic. He was playing like he... Every time Phil Foden gets a chance, he takes it. I think he knows that he doesn't get many of them. And he seems to be up to the challenge when he gets one. Now, yes, he usually plays against lesser opposition because that's just the nature of the games that they put him in. I'm, I completely understand that. And I do think he has, in a way, been cursed by the fact that he is he plays a position where City are loaded. He's an attacking-minded midfielder, and City have three of the best in the world in that position, and that's really hard to break through. Um, what's, your, what's your strategy going forward with Phil Foden? Are you trying to find him more games? How are you trying to find him more games? Because I think he's proven that he can play at the level that City need him to play at in spurts, but... He's also blocked by three magnificent players in Silva, Silva, and De Bruyne. How do you manage this kid? Because I think we both agree that he has an incredibly bright future, and I think Guardiola agrees with that, and I think he knows it, which is why he's still here and not on loan someplace else. How do you balance making sure that... How do you balance the concerns of the team that's in four competitions right now with three world-class midfielders and the fact that it would really be nice to get this guy some more minutes, I think. Um, I, I, I think it's as simple. Well, maybe it's not as simple as uh, swapping out one of your world-class midfielders in some of these games and, and putting Phil Foden alongside either David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne or, you know, wh whomever. You, 
they need to find a way for in in some of these games i think uh where city are playing against 10th 11th 9th etc those would be the games now where i would start sprinkling him in like that if i were pep guardiola as of right now my next step would be sprinkling him in against teams that are, like I said, 11th, 10th, 9th, somewhere around there. The next step up in game, if you will. He's going to get that next step up in game. I'm going to see how he responds. Does he take his chances well? Does he take his chances on time? Is he fitting in well with the, with the larger scheme of what I'm trying to do? That is how I would move Foden up now. Three days after the League Cup final, um, Manchester City hosts West Ham at home in 10th place. That's, you know, I, I'm especially looking at the home games because the, the home games are, 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 are less stressful. Even if, you're, even if you're playing a team mid-table, it is more stressful to play away than it is at home. It's a simple fact. Um, but you got home against West Ham. And then uh, a couple weeks later, you have home to Watford. And um, the start of April, you're, you're at home against Cardiff. Um, you know, I don't know how many competitions City will be in at that point. Fixtures will get moved around depending on how the Champions League goes and how the if they make the FA Cup semifinal. Um, but, you know, and that FA Cup semi or quarterfinal at Swansea, which was just drawn less than an hour ago, that is Swansea 13th in the championship. Away... But that is a team a level below you that's clearly inferior to you. There's a spot maybe you could work them in. Um, it, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I'm not worried about losing the guy like they lost Sancho. They just signed into a new five-year contract. He's not going anywhere. But I am worried that this that they won't... I, I want him to get enough minutes to continue to progress. Because I think that we agree that this guy can reach the top. That this can be the, you know, we, we've talked a bit in the past about their academy and whether they want to use it to actually bring first team players through or whether they want to use it to sell off assets, basically. And that the real truth may be that they prefer the latter, but this guy can become a, a, the, the face of the former. Um, and I really just want to see more of him because every time he plays, he seems to do something that makes you... That makes you want to see more. He's a talented kid. Like, he is such a talented kid. It is such a joy to watch him play. And I think, for me, what I love most about watching him play is that he's not just a kid enjoying his time. He's a kid enjoying his time at a club he's loved his entire life. And I think that's something that soccer gives us that, I don't know, to an extent, we only get on National Signing Day in American football, you know, where those kids sign with your school and then it's kind of over. But after that, like, they play or they transfer. Like, it's it's not like soccer where they swoop up a guy and then they continuously keep him under contract. Um, we, you, there, not, there is no- even even in college football, you know, on signing day, 
You don't have guys signing on to play in Youth Academy when they're eight years old, nine years old, ten years Exactly. These guys who have literally spent 10, 15 years trying to get to the top with one club, their favorite club, and they make it. Like Harry Kane at Tottenham has been in their academy for eight. He's, you know, he, he is, you don't really get that connection anywhere else. Sometimes it can be formed over the course of a long career, but even like still. Yeah. But, but even still, it's, you know, you're, you, you're adopting the city. Phil Foden doesn't have to adopt Manchester. He's from Manchester. Stockport, to be mm-hmm. exact. But it's... And I think that everyone, no matter how big the game gets, or no matter how big the team gets, or no matter you know where their focus lies in the transfer market, there is that romanticized ideal of the young kid from Greater Manchester who came through the club's academy and became a star and made it good. I think everybody really wants to see that come to fruition. And I and it's so rare that you get the chance to see that story come to fruition because how many of the kids that come through are talented enough? How many have, have been willing to actually like stick around? Like It would have been easy, honestly, for Phil Foden to leave. He can probably play somewhere else right now and get a lot more minutes than he's getting right now. Had he decided, you know, I think for the good of my career, blah, blah, blah. He's sticking it out because he... How th- good can he be? What's your estimation I on how he good can be a regular? I think he can be a regular in a Manchester City side that is aiming as high as they are aiming now. I don't think he's going to be like the next David Silva. Like the, David Silva's a generational player. There are there's not going to be another David Silva, but I think he can be good enough. You know, stand out for England absolutely, and I think he can be a a pivotal player at Manchester City. You look at a guy like Sancho who moved on to 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 to, to um, Dortmund, and and you think, well, gee, he could have played in this side, um, and and maybe Sancho eventually reaches that level where he could have been a starter at Man City. I think Foden can 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 reach that level where he can start for this club. I think in the biggest games, that's where I would. Think. <coughs> I guess the larger question is what 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 attainable level throughout the course of his career? Like, what are we talking about when we talk about who would be your if you had to list a player that's playing today that you think is Phil Foden's? Not maybe not Max, but hey, I can see him at least going this far. Who who would be your suitable candidate? I don't like player comps. Let me think here. I know. That's why I do it to you. I know you hesitated because you didn't want to ask the question, but you also didn't know. And I could hear you going that way, but I also know that you didn't really know how else to ask it. Um, Right. (laughs) And I could hear it coming, and I was like, I don't know how else he's going to ask it either. Uh, um, Let's see. In terms of not ability, but in terms of 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 notoriety, like I think he can at least achieve this level of success. Not that he is a is is a one for one comparison to the person you're about to name, like uh, in, uh, like that you know, like he's, can he achieve 
that key, level of The success. key thing to remember here is that the guy's English, which right. means that if he's remotely good, <laughs> we, we know what will happen. <laughs> if he's remotely good, he'll be made fun of and mocked and if put he, down. If he's remotely good, he will be made fun of and mocked and also held up as the future of English football. Like, we watched what happened to Raheem Sterling at the World Cup, where he was one of their most important players, and it wasn't always firing for him, and he was basically went from being, um, you know, the next great England player to the worst guy to ever put on an England shirt in the last 50 years, and he should be banished um, from all activities. Um, anyway. I, I guess the way I, I would put it I think he can. Maybe Deli Ali, who's a really good without the temper tantrums, without the sort of dark side of the game. And I I recognize also that Deli Ali is not a finished product either at this point. But that sort of cr really talented creative midfielder, who can score, who can pass, who can play regularly in a top top English side and that's probably a lazy comparison and I don't really want to stand by it but I've been put on the spot so I accept it I don't know that that's fair that's fair um yeah I, I think Deli Ali wouldn't be a bad <laughs> I mean Deli Ali is a is a pretty potent dude he uh he he as I'm struggling for words right now, but but if Phil Foden were to turn into Deli Ali, albeit without the yeah, I, I think that's a win stuff for you don't involved. want. Yeah, uh, I, I I can't say that I would be displeased. Like it would make me, it would make me I mean, perfectly. Not, not that I'm suggesting him as a saleable asset, but what's Deli Ali worth on the on an open market? Eighty, ninety, hundred million. Real Madrid checked in on the guy. So, right. So it's it's very much that's that's very much a scenario that 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 I I would totally accept. Um, I I'm in agreement with you. I want I want him to get the minutes. Um, I'm going to jump ahead to the first question on our list because they're all kind of in the same place. What's the plan for Riyad Mahrez going forward? Um, because I thought he was poor on, on, on Saturday. I thought he was trying too hard to, to impress. I thought he was playing a game that was tailored to him, meant to impress based on his own personal exploits rather than actually working within the team to create the best opportunities and do the best for the team. Um, that was my general assessment of Riyad Mahrez. And I look at his stats, you know, the guy has, let's see, he has 10 goals, 12 goals in all competitions this season. Um, so I'm not going to say he hasn't contributed, but none of them feel like big goals. And I, they, they just doesn't seem the big moment has evaded him this season. And there has been a lot of talk. Sam Lee has written on more than one occasion that Guardiola is rather frustrated with him. And perhaps it is about what I essentially mentioned, that he he just kind of comes off as a selfish player. He's not used to... I don't think he's... I think there's two things. One, he's not used to having to fight for playing time, because he was always one of the first names on a team sheet at Leicester. And two, 
he's not used to not being the focal point. Because at Leicester, he was always the focal point creatively for everything that they did. And now he's not, because there are better players around him, to be blunt. I don't know if you share that assessment. I don't I don't know what Riyad Mahrez's future at Manchester City holds. I don't think they're going to give up on him. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think they've invested too much in him. But I also think that it is a sign of their discontent with him that he is not particularly close to being first choice right now. And he's been relegated to trying to play in games like this Newport game. And then he falls into this trap of trying to do too much. I don't know if you share that assessment, but that's where I'm at. I just, I don't know what Riyad Mahrez's future is, but I will say this because I want to add something to the proceedings rather than just say, I don't know. I do think that Riyad Mahrez is going to have maybe about one more year to figure it out before City... Yeah. Well, I guess at this point, really, City could try and get something back on him, but... I don't think they're going to get... get. I mean... Yeah, they, they may get, I, like, 20 I, million... I think for, in general, my general rule is always, you know, give a guy two years. Yep. And if he hasn't shown you... I think one year, I'm willing to, you know, I'm always willing to give a guy a year to adapt to new surroundings, to a new system, because it's not easy... Ask ask the City team that had to fight for a third-place finish in Guardiola's first season. It's not easy to come to grips with. But year two, you know, if you haven't shown me anything in year one, I intend I expect to see something in year two. And if I don't see anything in year two, then, you know, bye-bye, basically. Pretty much. I, I think two years should be plenty to, to, show, to show what you're capable of, in my opinion. So I'm willing to give him next year, but it has to be a lot better than this year. I think. Yeah, I'm going to give Riyad Mahrez one more year because I, I I think it's stupid to say it's a wash on one year. Like you're <laughs> you're not going to be in business. I know it's the, it's the easy thing to do to just to just watch a guy after six months get get rid of him. He's never going to be. You know. If, yeah, if, if we went if we went off that principle, then a lot we would have gotten rid of a lot of guys that ended up working out quite well. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. But, but 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 I don't I you know I think the jury is still out, but I think things have to improve significantly. I don't think he's given them what they thought they were getting. I don't think he's given them anything close to what they need to be getting. Um, the team just seems to work better with Sterling and Sané instead of him. And and this is not a forgiving enough environment, nor should it be, that we should be, you know, trying to coax the best out of Riyad Mahrez when we're in the middle of four competitions, a really tight title race, and... You can't afford to dither around and, 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 and experiment with things right now. You're either performing or you're not. And he's not up to the standard that he needs to, to be at to be first choice. That question, by the way, was asked to us by Virginia Blues. Thank you for the question. It saved us a talking point. Because I think we would have gone there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I just don't really know if Mares is going to work out. I think I, they signed him too late, and not like in his—I mean, like in his career. Mares was better a couple of years ago at Leicester too. I mean, and I think that he stayed there too long. 
Yeah. I think that he well, stayed at Leicester. Well, that's his own doing. Yeah, they wouldn't. I mean, there were, he had opportunity. I believe Arsenal wanted him for a while. He had opportunities, which I think would have been a good move for him. But he had opportunities, and, and Leicester blocked him, and he tried to force a move, and Leicester blocked it. And But I think, by no real fault of his own, he ended up staying there too long, and I think he stagnated a bit, and I think this jump may end up being a touch too big for him now. And came a bit too late in his career. It's it's hard to make that jump when you're, what is he? Is he 28? 27. He turns 28 in three days. I was close. Yeah. It's hard to make that jump. It's easier to make that jump, I think, at 25 or 26 than it is at 27 or 28. And it's a big difference. Because once you're at 26, you're already in your physical prime. You want to know what you're doing by the time you're in your physical prime. I think the best, this is kind of off topic, but I think the best age to sign players, you know, or the latest age to sign players is like 24, 25, 26 at the latest. I think once you start getting past that, you're 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 getting into guys that that are inherently more risky, not just for physical, but like sort of like, can you adapt in time to also be a contributor at your physical prime? And there are exceptions to every rule, but that's just sort of the way I look at it. And City have been pretty good about signing guys at those ages. Yeah, they really have been. Mares is one of those few notable exceptions, and that's. We've questioned that signing because it was at a, at a position of strength. The other one, they signed Kyle Walker late, and that's a signing that they really kind of had to make. If you can, you know, and I'd say it's worked out mostly. Um, now I think we should move on to point number five. Because right. we, we got a question about this, and I want to talk about it anyway, because uh, Sam Lee wrote an article earlier this week and I will summarize it for you thusly. Um, Guardiola and his staff have grown a bit sick of Benjamin Mendy's off-field application and questioned his dedication to being what he can be at Manchester City. Um, uh, whether he's serious enough about going through meetings and rehab and all that sort of stuff. Whether he is showing proper commitment, proper, you know, call it what you will. Also, whether he can frankly stay fit for more than a month at a time. And that City are essentially beginning to line up Ben Chilwell of Leicester as a left back to essentially compete with him. And that basically, Mendy, I believe, is baiting back into training, will be available soon. And it's basically put up or shut up time for him. Um, and uh, Shivam01 Anand. I hope I'm pronouncing that close to right, asked us, should there be a Mendy replacement signing this summer? Um, I think both of us have said yes, and it sounds like what even if no matter what we say, there will be one, or at least if not a replacement, someone to actually push him, someone to say, look, if you are not going to take this seriously, here's a guy who can take your spot and you will not get it back. Um, I think that's largely been the problem, is what has Ben Mendy had to fear? Yeah, Fabian Delph, who is not a left back by trade. It's or is it Jenko? Yeah, or who is also not a left back by trade. It's very. Uh, it kind of blows my mind that that you could get to a club like this and and not put in the application levels to 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 want. Wouldn't you want to play in this team? But then I guess he thinks he has the right to play in this team. I look. 
Mendy's become a bit of a cult hero at Man City, mostly because of his off-field exploits, but some of those are also the thing that are getting him in trouble, um, by the sounds of it. And we literally just talked about our, our little soft little two-year rule. Well, we're coming to the end of year two on Benjamin Mendy. Some of it is not his fault. Some of it is. But the guy hasn't shown that you can rely on him to play left back for you over the course of an entire season. And I think that's just sort of where, where it's at. And he's fighting now, not just, you know, he's fighting for his career at the club, not just, you know, his spot. Because we're getting to the point where you can see a scenario where the, they're just like, he's a bad influence, he's not fit enough, Bye bye And I think they're going to sign a left back anyway, but we are, you know... I, <laughs> I think we're both fans of the guy, and we both want this to work, but what's your take on this guy at this point? You know, man, I kind of feel like he's a bust. Um, I, I, I just think he's going to be one of those guys who doesn't work out. And, and I felt this for a while, and it's not because of his ability. I genuinely think it's because of his frame, and because he's playing a position that isn't suited to his frame. I legitimately think that Benjamin Mendy could be a world-class center defender if if somebody converted him. Um, or, or at least be a quality center defender if somebody took the time to convert him. It's what makes him so strong bombarding up and down the flanks is why nobody wants to convert I him. I know, it's just... The thing that makes him so valuable is also the thing that you want to The thing to that lose makes him so... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's his, his greatest strength that also just happens to double as his greatest weakness. <laughs> exactly. Like, the, the whole toll that it takes on his body to bombard up and down those, those touch lines is just... It's like, come on, man. Like, this clearly isn't working. Let's try a new strategy here. Reminds um, me of Aguero when he couldn't stay fit. Like, have you seen the size of Aguero's legs and his calves and his stuff? And it's, you, you look at, like, his legs and it's like, the amount of work that you must have to put in to get that physique and not mess up every muscle in that area of your body. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, I feel yeah. like Mendy is the same way, except he can't not mess up every muscle in his body. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just one of those. <clears throat> it's just one of those things where, like you said, his greatest strength is his greatest weakness, and I'm not sure. Like where. Wh- where have you seen at any point in Mendy's time with City the slightest bit of promise or potential that this guy could be anything more than just what he is? It's tantalizing because when he has been able to stay fit, and it's really been in two stints for like a month each time, last season yeah. this season, he's been really good. But it sounds like, A, he hasn't been able to stay fit, which is not completely his fault. And B, when he hasn't been able to stay fit, his attitude hasn't been the best, which is his fault. Yeah. And that's a bad combination. Like, you... Control the things the, you the can The reason control. that Vincent Company is still going to be at Manchester City going forward, despite the fact that the guy is made of 
uh, wadded up tissue paper is at this point (laughs) is that his attitude he has a lot of guys would have quit frankly if they went through what he has gone through and frankly wouldn't have been blamed for doing it but he refuses to do that he is a leader he shows the application that you want out of every player he is an exemplary figure in the locker room and that is why Vincent Company will be kept around, despite the fact that his on-field value is rather low at this point. Benjamin yeah. Mendy has much more on-field upside than Vincent Company at this point in his career. But, um, but everything else but he is done the wrong can't way. Stay fit, yeah, he can't stay fit, and he if he could take a page out of the company playbook, I think they'd still be bringing in Ben Chilwell. But he would have a lot more rope left. He would have a lot more rope left in terms of fighting for that, fighting to win that job back. Instead of we're in February of year two, and it's how much do you want this? How much do you actually yeah. want this? Like, you do you even want to be here? You shouldn't ever have to ask. Do you want to play in this club for this manager? You shouldn't have to ask that. But it seems to be a valid question at this point, based on reporting that we've, you know... At least it seems to be a question worth asking. Yes, and we shouldn't have to ask that question. And the fact that we have to ask that question doesn't bode well for his future. Is it too late? Not quite. Will it be too late if he spends the next three months dilly-dallying around? Yeah, it probably will be. That's basically where I'm at with it. Do you think... Do you think Mendy is going to make it at City? No. Because I don't think they have the patience to, 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 to put up with, you know, the combination of fitness issues and 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 in, insufficient levels of application is pretty darn toxic. You can tolerate it at a lesser club. But this club has higher ambitions, and this club also has the means to sort of just absorb. If if something like this blows up in their face, this club has the means to absorb it and move on without suffering for it. And that's not a luxury that, that a lot of clubs have, but it's a luxury that this one has, and it's what might end up costing him his Manchester City career. He picked the wrong club to goof off at, basically, under the wrong manager to goof off with. It's it's curious why out of all the managers in the world would you think that Pep Guardiola was the guy who would tolerate jerking around like what please please help me understand what Mendy is thinking even though you can't I, I don't know. I, I remember reading that he had some of these problems playing at, I believe it was Marseille before he went to uh, Monaco, where he, he simply had issues with application. Some people just have that personality type. Um, and I don't, and I have a hard time understanding people who do, but I accept that they do. Um, so I, I, I wish I could sort through that mystery. But I, I really, really can't. Some people are just wired differently, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I don't fully understand it, but it is what it is. Um, I guess. <laughs> I guess 
if you're Mindy and you can justifiably tell yourself at the end of the day that you did the best that you could, then all right, whatever. It is what it is, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Mindy's really only taking money out of his own pocketbook. Yeah, basically. Um, but so we're we're roughly in agreement there. Let's let's quick run through these next two games, and then we can um, we can tackle these questions as well. Um, yep. First one up is Schalke at midweek. As we looked up last time, Schalke are really struggling in the Bundesliga. Um, it's it's the away leg first, which I always always preferred because then you can you. I would always prefer to know what you have to do when you go home rather than the vice versa. I don't like playing the home leg first. I don't know if that makes me a minority, but they do have the away leg first. And I, after the Newport game, they've had a few days off. I think they will have their full strength team back. I think they will. I think that you'll see the best 11 they could send out, and I think that they'll beat them. I don't, I don't. I don't really know what to add to that, but yeah, I I don't I don't know that Schalke are going to provide all that much resistance to City. Um, then again, I feel like this is a game that both of us say City wins rather handily, and then we check back in and City have lost two to one. So when City ultimately lose this game two to one, you can look back on this podcast as the moment that. Gray and I doomed them to defeat. As for Chelsea, in the League Cup final next weekend, I don't think there could possibly be a better time to play Chelsea. No, I don't I, I don't know if you happen I've saved this because I knew that we were uh we were gonna get to Chelsea at some point, but I don't know if you caught the, the video that was going around the Chelsea uh, well, not going around the Chelsea stand, but the video that was making its way around Twitter of the Chelsea stand, uh, basically singing fuck sorry ball over and over and over oh, yeah. and over again. I, what I saw, I saw the, um, they sang, they sang, you don't know what you're doing when he didn't bring Hudson or Doyle on. Um, it was the United fans who started singing You're Getting Sacked in the Morning, and the Chelsea fans joined in with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then F Sorry Ball followed. I, they suddenly asked him about it in the press conference afterward. He's like, no, that's the first time I've heard it, but there's a first time for everything. <laughs> yeah. My dude, you know... You're lucky that Roman doesn't care anymore because um, if he still did, he would have been outside the dressing room with a club after that game. <laughs> uh, like I, 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 Roman has to be wondering at which point do I check out because this can't be good for my long-term health to keep hiring and firing dudes at the rate that he's been doing it. Um, I mean, I suppose you always have the stereotypical angry Russian, but I, 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 Roman, you know, Roman doesn't really get enough credit 
for how much he's done with Chelsea in a short amount of time. He sort of gets the 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 brunt of 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 the stick when people talk about him saying, "Oh, he's an impossible manager to please." Yada yada yada. Well, that may be true, but let's look at what Chelsea accomplished after he took them over and you know made turn them into a new money club. Like, if you look back on Chelsea, you would think that prior to Abramovich, they've always been sort of this big club because it makes sense. Like, they're in London, they are a huge brand, and you would think they've always been good, but they haven't. Chelsea were not as bad as Man City were before the money, but they were not contenders. They were, I don't know the best way to put it, but, you know, not that anybody need, listening to this needs a history level, but no, they were not always Chelsea. Yeah. It's it's weird the way that, that, that Abramovich has sort of been cast as this petulant, unhappy owner when in reality... He's done more than Monsoor has in his short amount of time. Like, he's got the Champions League trophy that Monsoor wants so badly. With one of the worst Chelsea teams of his, <laughs> of his time as owner. <laughs> I mean... Do you ever look back at the lineup in that Champions League final and wonder how? Yes. Can can I read it out loud real quick here? Because yeah. it still baffles me. I, I want to, first of all, they were playing Bayern Munich in Munich against the team Neuer, Lahm, Boateng, Timoshuk, Contento, Schweinsteiger, Kroos, Robin, Muller, Ribery, Gomez. Like, top-class Bayern. Chelsea won the Champions League with Czech, Bozingwa, Louise, Cahill, Ashley Cole, John Obi Mikhail, Frank Lampard, Salomon Kalou, Juan Mata, Ryan Bertrand at left wing, and Didier Drogba. It's, I don't really want to hear that City aren't good enough to win the Champions League. They are. Like, <laughs> they are absolutely so... good enough. The most amazing thing is not that that team beat Bayern Munich, but that they beat Barcelona... Pep's best Barcelona team at the new Camp with 10 men. <laughs> that is still the most, the one football result that I've ever seen. It's been, it's been seven years and I still have not comprehended how that happened. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't anyway. know how that happened. Anyway. The point, I think, is there is no better time to play Chelsea, and I frankly think the last thing Chelsea want to do right now is play a cup final with, because I don't think they'll sack Sarri this week. I think they might sack him if he loses the cup final, which is, re I don't know why they would, but I don't think that they're going to sack him this week, which means that this toxic cloud is going to follow them into Wembley, just like that toxic cloud followed Wenger into Wembley last year in the League Cup final. Oh God! And we that know what happened. We know what happened there. I'm not gonna write out. Chelsea have enough talent that I'm not gonna sit here and be like it's impossible. But I really only see it going one way. Chelsea are just in an awful place right now, and there's nothing that's going to salvage that in a week. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't. What, what, what does even beating City do in this? Yeah, cup? it's just yeah, you like. It, do you, you know, I just, you can say what you want, but they just lost 6-0 last week, and they're going to come back two weeks later, and, like, that won't, don't act like that won't be in their heads. That will be on their mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even no matter how much you don't want it to be, it will be in especially their Especially if City score really yeah, quickly. Especially, and especially if City just run through Schalke this week. No, that, I think that's the worst case scenario for Chelsea. Is that it? Just it feels like you're you're that damsel in distress tied to the train tracks, and City is the train. Like Dudley Do Right and the Mounties and such. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I. Chelsea are going the wrong way right now, and it it's just it makes me wonder because, and and granted, it's difficult. There's no way, let me preface this by saying, there's no way you could have watched Pep Guardiola's first year in the champion or in uh, the Premier League and predicted his second year. There's just, there's simply, well, I Absolutely. mean, maybe. I, maybe. I think you, that you, you would know, have you had, had to be on a lot of optimistic whimsy. Yeah, but I think I think you could have to an extent that Pep Guardiola. I, th- I think if you, t- if you told me after the first year that City was going to win the title in year two, I would not have sh- been shocked. If you told me they were going to win the title with a hundred points and like the best overall season in, in top flight history, yeah, I would have looked at you like, eh. Yeah, they were going to score, you know, a ridiculous number of six goals. I think it was in the league or something like that. Yeah, I would not have signed. I I know. I would not have seen that coming. No, nobody would have seen that coming. So, having said that, I don't know that I can predict what Sari is going to do in year two, but let me say this. Assuming he gets year two. Yeah, assuming he gets year two, but let me say this. Pep Guardiola has never in his life looked like Sari has in year one. Pep Guardiola wasn't winning all of his games in his first year in the Premier League, but he wasn't getting the crap beaten out of him. I can only remember it happening twice. Leicester and Everton, and they were both away. They were both only 4-0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Leicester, he pulled it back to 4-2, I believe. But And, and, and a lot of that was um, City overcommitting and Everton running up the score late on the counter. It wasn't being 4-0 down in 24 minutes. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I don't know what Chelsea are going to do, but I'll tell you this much, man. I I don't want to say this. I, I realized as soon as I was about to say it, something went off in my brain. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Then also me. I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> as it stands right now, if the team that showed up to play City in that 6-0 game shows up for Chelsea, City will have the first of their four trophies yep. that, that, they're, that they're sinking. And it, and it won't be... It, it won't be close. No, it won't be close by any stretch of the imagination. And right now, Sari is at a crossroads. He needs 
to figure out what he's doing. He needs to figure out what he has to do to get through that dressing room. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it can be done. Like, I don't know how you prepare for the best yeah. coach all of football while, while trying to fix While we're that. comparing their first seasons, I would note that Guardiola had a vital thing that Sari didn't. And that is that Guardiola could walk in there and say, look at everything I've done in this game as a manager. Do you trust me to get it right? And he would have to say yes. Mauricio Sarri has never won a trophy. He doesn't have a record of success that he can point to and be like, look at what I've done. I, 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 my resume proves to you that I can win here with players like you. He, do, he doesn't have that. No. He doesn't have Which that. Which really kind of makes his hiring all that much more questionable. I mean, I'm not necessarily a believer. Pellegrini had never won a trophy when City hired him, and he put up a really good season. Yeah, but the difference between... But it's very different. Yeah, it's very different. Like, I mean, Pellegrini... Look, Pellegrini look. had his own brand of accomplishment. He, he, he finished... He pushed, he pushed Real Madrid with Villarreal. He went to a Champions League semifinal and nearly went to a second. Like... He, he didn't have the trophies, but he clearly had a record of success taking teams punching well above their weight. Yeah. That's the difference. Sorry, sort finished second with Napoli. <laughs> yeah. Like, and not only that, but that sorry ball team that everybody fell in love with didn't make it out of their Champions League group. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird it thing. It really is. I don't understand the hype surrounding him like like city they, went to napoli and just they were very good for like the first 23 minutes but after that city just picked them apart yeah it was just i i don't and napoli had good players i don't know i don't know let's answer some of these questions shall we yeah uh we already did that one we already did that one um our old friend mike devlin wants to know and mike i don't know if you thought we would seriously answer this on the air but we're going to answer this on the air. Considering the implications of our owners' human rights and the arms deals sold there to fight in Yemen by the UK government, would you consider a tomato to be classed as a fruit to be the correct decision? These are the important questions that we are here to answer, folks. I'll let you go first. Is a tomato a fruit? Um, yes. Okay, but why? By the, by the most technical definition, it, they're, they're classified as berries. Berries are fruits. Yeah. I stick with science. I, I believe science. In this fraught environment where so much misinformation is being spread around this world by people in bad faith, I stand with science. Yeah, I have to go with you on this one. The seed thing does it in for me. That's that's sort of the that that's the big one, isn't it? Absolutely. So there you go. You didn't Mike get us, Mike. You didn't get us. You didn't um, get us. In fact, we answered it without any fun whatsoever. We just answered that yeah. question. How do, how do you feel wasting your you had the floor, and you gave us that question, and we didn't even make it funny. We wasted it. We wasted it. That's what anyway, we think of you. 
<laughs> Brandon UALR, University of Arkansas Little Rock, wants to know: Should we sell Danilo? No. I don't. I don't see why. He's. he's I can't perf- think of any. He's a perfectly capable backup who can play both fullback positions. I don't. Yep. And he seems content to be that too, which is. Normally, if you, you have a cable backup, he's, he wants to go be a starter someplace else, but he just certainly seems to be completely comfortable where he is. I am per, I am very comfortable where he is. All good with me. Yeah, I have no problem with Danilo. In fact, I, I, I echo what you said. Normally, when you have a guy who's an extremely competent and capable backup, there's always a club out there willing to make him their starter, and usually they'll go chase after that, because what what reasonable person that has spent their entire life creating a talent doesn't want to, to be given the opportunity to show that week in and week out? But then you have the odd ducks like Danilo that are like, I would rather stay here and win trophies than go elsewhere. Like, I'm going to win trophies. And Danilo has been very serviceable. For a guy that came in that was taking a lot of flack when he was signed, people were, were mocking him, saying, oh, he couldn't hack it at uh, at Real Madrid, like, yada, yada, yada. I think he's been one of the better signings. Like, after he settled in, he's he's been... He's been solid defensively. Not amazing, but he's been solid. Every, every good team needs a Danilo. Needs players like that. We're just going to... They're not elite players... You know, nobody's going to confuse Danilo for for Philip Lom or something like that. But he does his job. He does his job capably. He can step in basically whenever you need him. And um, he's 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 a perfect squad player. And every good team needs perfect squad players. Yep. Our final question comes from Richard Crooks. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie. We've been asked this before, but I think we're always happy to talk about it. Richard wants to know, why do you follow Man City and for how long, and do you follow NYCFC also? I'll answer the second question first. Not really. I follow them. I like. I sort of know how they're doing, but I just don't find MLS particularly entertaining. It's, it's nothing against them. I just... MLS doesn't do it for me. No. That's, that's really all it comes down to. Um, why do I follow Man City and for how long? We are going on a decade, and um, you can blame Oasis. That's the yeah. that's the fun thing for me is that everyone's like, "Oh, you're a glory hunter," and I was like, "No, I I just I just listened to so much Oasis, and they're my favorite band." And I found out that this was their favorite football team, and when I started paying attention, like I legitimately didn't know they were any good. <laughs> 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 like I was like, oh, they're good too. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a positive. This bonus. is a positive development in my life. Um, Especially for a long-suffering Detroit fan such mm-hmm, as yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're in a bad place right now, my friend. We're in a bad place. <laughs> like there are no championships on the horizon in Michigan. None, like none, none. The, the most likely person to win a title in Michigan is Tom Izzo. And that's so far away from happening. 
Like, I, I thought you were going to put Tom ahead of Jim Harbaugh in I, terms of I thought, more likely. I thought, I thought you were going to say Tom Brady. I was like, I hate you that that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, now that I realize I, I should have said that, the most likely person, I mean, that is true. The most likely Michigan-affiliated person. <laughs> is Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I wish I'd said that, but who I don't even like. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, you, Gray, and I are both on a decade. Um, as for why did I pick City? Um, okay, so I, I admit I, I am post takeover, and I knew that when I picked my team, there were really only a handful of teams that you could really choose from, six teams, because I wanted some respectability in Europe, like a chance at competing and a chance at titles um, in the States or not in the States um, in, in, I don't know why I said in the States uh, in, in England. <coughs> um, that those were my basic prerequisites. People like get, I, people I didn't get mad at you for this, but for people like us, we have no geographical connection to any of these teams. <laughs> Yeah, we and, and and I understand like the glory hunter jibes, but there's two things for me. One, I don't begrudge people for picking teams that are entertaining to watch and successful because you know if you're coming at it from a point where you don't have any geographical or familial or any other connection, it makes sense. And two. You're only a glory hunter if the moment things turn rough for the team, you're out. City could get relegated next year, and I'd be like, well, how the hell do I watch championship games? <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's the difference between, like, you know, if you want to begrudge people for cheering for successful teams, fine. But you're only, I think, a glory hunter if you leave with the glory. And that's not really something that either of us are going to do, so. Here's... Here's what I have watched much more, much worse teams, not in this sport, but I've sit, sat through much worse. I've sat through much worse. So I, uh, I, I promise you I can deal with the suck. The, the, the funny part, the, the funny part about people saying like, Oh, glory hunters, this and that. It's like, well, dude, are you saying that you should actively give money to something that sucks? Like, is that is that what you're hinting at here? Not not you, but the general you. Like, so I should just keep giving money to a club that aren't doing well and aren't trying? Like, I'll pass. Um, I mean... <laughs> I've always found the glory hunter thing weird, but like you said, unless you're leading with the, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to derail you there, but I just kind of want to jump in because I could already hear people being like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." I, I, I mean, people don't lead with the glory. I mean, look, when you watch sports, you invest hours which leads up to days, which leads up to months, which leads up to years. You invest so much time in these clubs that it is, it is perfectly reasonable for you to expect some sort of payback, some sort of, of 
I don't know, reward for all the time that you've spent investing in these clubs. Now, that's not to say that's the only reason to do it, but in sports, you put that time in because it does give you something in return. If the club you're following is no longer giving you anything in return at all, period, for an extended period of time, well, then you have to make your own decisions. Um, but for me, it's been about 10 years. I, I picked Man City because I had uh, a small list of things when I chose my Premier League club that had to be met. And the reason that I chose Man City, and I've said this once, I'll say it a, a, a thousand times, is because they haven't won anything. They were that Premier League club outside of Tottenham who hasn't won anything. So it's, it's really quite funny to for the, the the Glory Hunter accusations to come when we both signed on at a time when they hadn't even won the Premier League yet. Right, like this this is this is this is still a, a thing that City are figuring out. So I don't I don't understand the Glory Hunter title with City. Um, you could. Uh, I mean, they haven't even really won enough titles afterward. Like, it's not like they're Barca racking up trebles left and right. Like, it's a trophy here, two trophies there, a trophy here. Like, it's it's sparse, man. But I, I think that the reason that I chose City was because they hadn't won anything, and I wanted to be able to experience that with the fans. I wanted to be able to experience those moments. When City win the Champions League for the first time, it's going to be all of us on that ride together. Mm -hmm. I think we both know that people who have been doing this and watching this for 20, 30, 40 years and have seen way more crap than either of us has combined... I think that we both know that we're not, you know, they're in the front row and we're in the back, like way in the back. And it's, never, it's, never, it's never quite going to be the same for us as it is for them who can like who watched in the 90s and when they got relegated and they watched every nightmare that, that happened over the last however many decades that they've been alive. Um the, it, it's not going to be the same, but we're still all in the same boat. And I have always found the 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 group of of lifelong city fans, the the born and bred Mancunians, to be very very accepting of us Yanks. As like as long I, pe people can see through it when you don't know what you're talking about, or when you're not you know you're not actually into it. Um, people can see through that, and I have always found that City fans are extremely accepting and welcoming of people who are as who who may not have the same history with them that they have with it, but are every bit as into it as they are. That's what I've always found to be true. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of a a rare commodity that we have as City fans is that we were welcomed in, whereas you know you have people who are like, oh. You're a Real Madrid fan? Well, where were you when they won their first Champions League title in the 50s? I was, at York, I was at York away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where City fans have always been very welcoming to the scene, very welcoming and inviting people in. 
And I will say this, they've been very educating as well. Like, whenever I found that I didn't know something, I could just ask. And there somebody... Of, there are a lot of parts of Mancunian football culture that we can't get unless we live there, so... <laughs> We love to hear about it because it helps us, even if we're not experiencing it. It does give us greater context for everything. Yeah, pretty much. And that's why I follow City. And as for the NYCFC thing, I'll just piggyback on you and say, um, I will say this. I did go see um, NYCFC uh, before they uh, brought Pirlo and all those guys in. And before Galaxy had signed, um, who was it that the Galaxy signed before Zlatan? Um, the big oh, names. A lot. Um, they had back them for a while, but the timeline doesn't line up. No, 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 no. This is just a couple years ago. Yeah, it was right I don't know. Sorry. I truly don't know. <laughs> I wound up buying some tickets with some ex-friends to go see, um... Uh, to go see uh, uh, NYCFC versus the Galaxy. And when we bought the tickets, we got them for like $8 a piece. And then after uh, everybody had signed and it was all said and done, like the same tickets that we had, which were like on, on the 50 for American fans who know what that means, um... Yeah, those same tickets then went up to, like, almost 180-some-odd dollars, and I'm like, why aren't we selling these? <laughs> why are we going to this game? Um, but yeah, anyway, we went. I had a fun time, uh, but in, in, MLS is just too slow for me. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like... Was it Gerard? Yes. Mm, that's I completely forgot that, that happened. <laughs> yes, that's who it was. Oh, Stevie G. Um, I was trying to remember why, and it's because one. I was like, I know we wanted to go for a reason, but now that I recall, one of the friends was a Liverpool supporter. So yeah, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, I I actually watched the MLS playoffs when NYFC. At bleh, NYFC, NYCFC were in it. And I know, like, who I have a general idea of who's on the team and who's managing the team. And I, I root for them to do well because I root for everybody in the city football group to do well. Yep. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't always have the means to watch their games. I definitely don't go out of my way to find them. And I generally, I, I, I watch, you know, I've seen a few, but I, it's not appointment viewing for me at all. Yeah, it's not a point. It's it's like the AAF. If it's on, I'll catch it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. You'll catch it, unlike Christian Hackenberg's receivers. It's pretty much. Ba-dum-ching. I am ending on that note. That's the best joke I'm making today. Probably. <laughs> all right. Um, thanks for all the questions. By the way, we we got we got a full. Five questions from the listeners, and we love getting questions from you, and we will try to do better in the future of soliciting them, like we did this time. Um, so, thank you. We like answering them. They give us different and unique things to talk about. Um, for now, you can tweet at us, at America Citizens. You can follow us on Twitter there. 
You can search for us on iTunes. You can um, subscribe to the podcast through there. Uh, just search American Citizens. Um, and we are brought to you, as ever, by Blog Talk Radio slash Spreaker. Um, big week of games coming up. We will certainly be on hand to review them. Um, until then, uh, I'm Gray. That's Josh. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.